This week's podcast brought to you by Slurping Spouses. About a week ago, you cooked bacon, you microwaved bacon, and you said, nobody is touching this bacon. This is my bacon. And uh, so we respected that. And you put it in a Tupperware and you put it in the fridge. And a week later, the bacon is still in there, untouched, uneaten. And I think you're going to let us throw that bacon away eventually before anybody is allowed to eat your bacon. It wasn't for me to eat. It was for me to chef up into some delicious scrambled eggs for others. That never happened. No. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane Here we sit with our cups of coffee, Rebecca. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think you got a text recently that you read to me from a friend of yours. She was running around like crazy and she mentioned that her husband was sitting there while her husband sat there, quote, slurping his coffee. And it occurred to me that there was no more searing indictment of spousal indifference than that image and that phrase of slurping his coffee. Or slurping her coffee. Or slurping her coffee. Like if you were running around trying to get something done and and I was, any wife was slurping her coffee. You're right. What did you say? The image of spousal indifference? Or or even spousal obliviousness, yes. Yes. Well, so I'm going to be careful not to slurp my coffee, not only so producer Denny Gallagher doesn't have to edit out any slurping, but uh, so that I'm not perceived as... Uh, the slurping sp- spouse? Yeah. But while you're talking... I'll that would just, be a great name of something. What would that be the great name the of? The slurping spouse, yeah. either my, my pub... Right. Or a 90s indie band, the slurping spouses... Could be. I think I like the pub better. Or, or possibly a a minor league baseball team in, in an independent league in uh, in uh, Saskatoon. The Saskatoon slurping spouses. There's there's the trash pandas. Where? Where what? Where <laughs> where where do the trash pandas play? W h e r e. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know what. That's but that's a real name of a, it's team. a minor league baseball team. Trash pandas being raccoons. Ah. Oh. I didn't know that. I think probably many of our listeners didn't as well. When, when your father catches a, a raccoon in his, in his squirrel trap in the basement, mm-hmm. we'll keep it as a pet and call it the trash panda, unless think? he gives it uh, heart troubles as he did the squirrel. What do you think raccoon bait would be? You think that would be peanut butter and Fruit Loops? What trash. Just Garbage <laughs> just juice. Trash. Garbage juice. And the, would you still need the peanut butter? Uh, it, would, it would be nice. <laughs> Uh, by the way, Rebecca, the Rocket City, the Rocket City Trash Pandas are a minor league baseball team in the Southern League, the AA affiliate of the Los Angeles Angels in Madison, Alabama. So there you go. Nice. The Rocket City Trash Pandas in Madison, Alabama. You mentioned minor league baseball. Spring is here which means it's spring soccer and softball season, which means it's also the season where every time I sit down in my soccer rocker, my tailgating chair, somebody is going to comment on how I'm dressed. Inappropriately? Are are you dressing? Because I'm always cold. So other people are sitting there in their slacks or their shorts and their, you know. Men in shorts yes. in, in cold weather. A, a, a bizarre phenomenon, but, but, but one no, that. Like they're what they, you know, appropriately sort of dressed. And I'm in a hoodie, probably up because my ears get cold. And my favorite blanket ever that one of the girls basketball teams I coached years ago, they made for me as a gift. And it's big and warm and I wrap myself in it and I have my hood up. And it is how I'm comfortable. It just, I my body runs cold, probably colder than most bodies that are, that are alive. 
And so constantly, right? You're usually with me. People will comment on the fact that I am all bundled up. Sometimes I'm that person commenting. Yes. Um, because while you're comfortable, I'm not comfortable. I'm not. You're not comfortable with. With your level of comfort, yes. Or you're just not like, is it, is it embarrassing that other people are sitting there on a 60 degree day, no. 63 degree sunny day in their, you First, know, in their thin long sleeve and I am all bundled up like it's the middle of winter. There are only two temperatures at spring soccer and spring softball and th- and those are too cold true, or too hot. True. There's no transition so I dress. And it often just depends on where the cloud is or like and the, 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 wind. Cl- the cloud moves and the, and, the, and the wind stops blowing and all of a sudden you're hot. The weather app says it's 64 degrees but at the softball or soccer field on the windswept plains of Connecticut, it's it's uh, 47 degrees. Yes. So uh, ignore that. Um, and uh, but what gets me, it, it, you know, you talk about being dressed inappropriately for the weather. But no, appropriately for me though. Appropriately for you, but yes. No, inappropriately uh, for everyone else. What what I find amusing is there's a there's a um, large segment maybe maybe the majority of middle-aged men who wear shorts when it's too cold and i think it's as an act of bravado or something uh so so it's freezing and they might be bundled up on top with a fleece or possibly even a parka but wearing shorts and it's they're not it's, just wearing shorts they're wearing cargo shorts cargo shorts well I, I don't have anything against cargo I shorts say, i'm I, just saying this segment of the population wears Cargo shorts when they're when it's too cold to be wearing. And the shorts. other segment of the population that is wear shorts when it's too cold, but one of them is our is our is our, our sixth grader. So I think it's middle aged men and middle school girls. Maybe you're it's, right. It's just She's, an interesting. Yes, yeah, because she'll be in shorts. Hers aren't of the cargo variety. But the other day at the, the at the same softball game, I'm all bundled up. I think I had my winter coat and um and the blanket. Although this game was cold enough that no one commented. And our daughter showed up in shorts. And high school kids. I mean, high school kids in the winter, drop them off in January. You can't get them to put the coat on. Right. Sometimes I'll d- insist they bring a coat and they will hold it as they walk into school. Right. And I tell them it doesn't work unless you put it on. But anyway. I um, think that's with a, a, this generation thing because I'm pretty sure I wore my winter coat to school. When I was in high school. So did I. Like, I, I don't remember, you know, it being a thing where my parents were like, put on your coat. I, I wore my coat when uh, it was I, cold. I also wore your winter coat to, to school. <laughs> but but I, but I ran my, my temperature when I was in my teens ran normal. Like, I wasn't the excessively cold person then. It's just my body temperature and my personality. Now I'm excessively cold. Well, it makes sense that you're, you're uh, cold both... Uh, Physically and emotionally, <laughs> mentally as well. How did you? How did you put it? I forget, but it's okay for me to say it. You can't say it. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not confirming it. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to make you feel better. Okay. Because, because uh, your, your, your uh, mental uh, coldness it comes from, from your, your head is in the higher elevations, so it's, it's naturally colder. In the higher elevations. Okay. I think I'm. I think I'm a spiritually warm person. Emotionally, you're. You're. you're uh, <laughs> just the you know the hearty shell and exterior. I don't know. Anyway, there were a couple things that happened last week that I didn't tell you that are podcast related. Would you like to hear them? I would love to hear them. Number one, I was at our our local grocery store and I'm pushing the cart to the self checkout. Um, in a hurry, I think, yes, because I was trying to like do too much grocery shopping in too little time before picking the, the younger ones up from school. And a woman stopped me and she said, um, she's like, you know, I'm sorry to be intrusive and something else. And I was just thinking, oh, no, you know, what, what where's this going? And you just instinctively reached up and got the Campbell's soup <laughs> off the top shelf. And then she followed it with, we just listened to three episodes of Ball and Chain on our drive back from Vermont, I think she said. And I said, oh. 
And she said, and she said, we're not completionists, but we're enjoying the podcast. And it was completely out of the blue and unexpected and um, very, very sweet. Totally appropriate for you to have said, oh, not thank you or or that's great because she hasn't yet rendered a verdict at that point. <laughs> no, no. It, uh, what people would say to me, oh, I read your book or I read Oh, and your then story. not follow it with like a... And I, oh, thank you. No, no, no. I, I didn't care for it. But Right, right. No, she was... Um, it was very sweet. It was very nice of her. And then how about this? I can't believe I, I haven't told you this yet. I was at an away tennis match for watching our daughter. Mm-hmm about 45 minutes away. When that match ended, I was driving to um, to our kids' high school, which is in another, which is also, you know, 25 minutes from our house. So, the point being, I was going from one place to another place I that's that I never go to. You follow? You're three places triangulated each 25 minutes apart from the other. But I'm I'm going from one high school to another high school on a route I never travel. Yes, I got you. It's not it's not a, a common drive for me to make. It's a drive I never make. And I'm driving and I get into the town where it is the town where our kids go to high school but not not a part of the town I'm normally in. And all of a sudden I'm at a, at a stoplight and I get a text from someone I went to high school with, my friend Lisa. And it's, she writes in the text, I think you're behind me. I I'm in an orange Nissan Rogue listening to Ball and Chain podcast. Come on. So I look up from my phone. The light's still red. And in front of me is an orange Rogue. And, she and my high school friend Lisa is in it, apparently, listening to the podcast. And she recognized you in her rearview mirror? She recognized me. In the rear view mirror. How weird is that? It'd be one thing if you were behind our car. I don't know if that would help you either because there's not like there's any identifying stickers on our car unless it's people who know us or whatever. Yeah. In front of me recognizes me in the rear view mirror and I just like texted her back. And then we had a text conversation because this is a street that had has a lot of uh, stoplights and we kept both getting um, to the stoplight. So when I'd get to the stoplight, like I'd text her back and she when she would text me back it was unbelievable like what are the chances of that and she lives in massachusetts she doesn't even live in connecticut so i don't know i don't know what she was doing in that part of connecticut either but uh you should have had her roll her windows down at at the stoplight so you, you you could have pulled up to an intersection and heard somebody bumping the ball and chain podcast right right through, I, uh, their, through their speakers and like i haven't seen her in in a while um if I wasn't like rushing off, I'm sure she was rushing off to something too. I could have been like, let's stop quickly at the gas station and say hello in person. Um, but how crazy is that? I mean, I, I don't, I'm not even looking in my rearview mirror enough at stoplights to, to see somebody who might be behind me. And just one last bit on uh, self referential podcast uh, business here. Swag went out today. I'm not saying it's going out today. It went out. It went into the post office and is should be on its way. On its, on way. its swag journey. Yes. So, not just no more hollow gestures for me. And if you if you don't get it in a week or whatever, let us know. And it's possible that. Oh, you're saying you send it out to every single person who's requested it? I think I've, I think. I think if somebody didn't request it, they shouldn't be expecting it today. No, no, of course this not. Week. The people who requested it, I think I've sent it out. You think I, you? I've sent it to because what I do is when I we get the mail requesting swag, I save that as as mark that as unread. But if I if I you miss still somebody, haven't uh, made a folder, have you in your I, emails? I've never swag request. Never in my life have I made a folder in my emails. I told you this morning I had seven consecutive emails about our eleven year old's softball schedule. Oh right, and they're all different games that had been added. Right, but it's not it's not sustainable. But that's not something a, you would put into a folder. You'd put something like this. No, like, no, no. I'm just within saying, the ball and chain email. You could have a folder swag request, and then you just move it over. I'm telling you why email has become a, an unworkable situation. Now the ball and chain email is a separate thing. It doesn't feed into my phone email, so that's still manageable. Yeah, there are certain things you're reticent about, and, and even though it would make your life easier, um, like you were talking to me about all of these, you know, the seven consecutive emails um, about 
and all they were were games being added to to our young oh, just softball that. schedule. Right, but but then you said, what happened to just sending us a schedule that we can print and put on the refrigerator? Not even print. You print it. You this the, the softball gods print it, and you hand it to me at a practice, and then I put it on the fridge. And you know what? That worked well. It worked quite well. Well, it also like. It's kind of nice having the app in the phone and then it being put right into your calendar. Like there's there, I don't disagree that it's nice to have the schedule printed out and handed to us, but sometimes games change or the times change or the location change or whatever. There are certain things that if you would be willing to open your mind to evolving, might make things easier for you. I'm open. uh, I keep my mind open and am evolving uh, with, uh, with important things culturally uh, cosmically but but technologically uh, I'm, I'm I'm shutting it down uh, much as my dad did in the 90s near the end of his uh, 37 year career when um, they they told him he had to get on the desktop computers and that system and so uh, his his uh, administrative assistant would print out his emails and hand it to them so he could read them as because he, he was, refused to not refused to that's how what, what would have been the point otherwise? So what what I think would be a good system is I, I get the emails for each, ga- for each game. Those also uh, are integrated into the app that has the schedule, mm-hmm. right? I can then coordinate that app with my iCalendar. So now I have the, the games in three separate places. And then I can take my phone and throw it into the nearest lake and, and read the schedule that's printed on the fridge. Okay. That's the way you want to go with it. Well, I mean, I, I like to be a, a 95-year-old man who's... who's uh, Either that or a man of, a man of 1995. <laughs> That's what <laughs> I mean. the same thing. Apostrophe 95, man, yes. 95 was a very good year for you, and, 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 year. and I'm, uh, I'm going to live in that year. Although I do, I do appreciate the efficiency and the uh, reliability of, of email and you know, when... when, when you followed me to the car dealer this morning for my 845 service appointment. Mm-hmm. And I went in there and they said, do you have an appointment? And I said, yes, for 845. Well, we don't have your we don't have your printed record here. So they went tap, tap, tappy tap on the computer and they had no record of the appointment. Did you call us? And I said, no, I, I made it online as, as you request. As your website demands yeah, I do. Exactly. And, uh, well, we have no record of that. Well... I also have no record of it. What, should I make another appointment? No, we'll see if we can squeeze it in. Leave us the keys. We'll, we'll try to squeeze it in some other time today. Um, you know, so that's it. That's the end of my beef. By the way, this this podcast should just become a, a uh, consumer reports like, uh, you know, local news advocacy, I-team investigation, where, where if you've got a consumer complaint, we'll set it right. We'll steam into that car dealership and say he had an appointment, and here we have the. Uh, I think that's what Yelp or one of those things is for, isn't it? To to that's for those for people for just complaining about, about yeah about yeah, stuff. yeah well no that's what this podcast should become that's what I'm <laughs> right. saying or we we could we could reverse the uh, the course of time and and make it David Horowitz from uh, who used to be the consumer guy who would appear on Johnny Carson, and uh, you know this box of cereal. The cereal is settled, and uh, and you're not getting what the manufacturer claims you're getting. Is that why our son said that this morning? He was opening up a fresh box of cereal, and he said to you— When does the cereal start? No, that's what made me think of it. Oh. He, he noticed on his own his box of honey bunches of oats had settled to about mid-box. And then I have to explain that the box is gigantic for display purposes right. on, on the grocery shelf. But as our 11-year-old says, on just about— Every situation, what a ripoff! Shall we get to viewer mail? Let's get to viewer mail. Viewer mail. Mail. Big bad book, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. Our first viewer mail comes from Kristen, and the header, Rebecca. I'm. I'm. We solicited this last week. Items that journeyed through the wash. Mm. Now, what what had journeyed through the wash our wash recently? That oh, glasses. Glasses. Our son's yeah. glasses. Our son's yep. glasses. Hi, Stephen Rebecca. You discussed items that made it through a wash cycle. Recently, I wondered about a thumping sound coming from the dryer. Seldom a good sign, Rebecca. Never a good sign. 
Uh, turns out it was AirPods in their case. Oh. Have we had that? Not AirPods, but multiple times we've had ear, like the ones that come with the phone. Yeah. The earbuds for, for an iPhone. And they always, always, we've had them go through this. Well, obviously, if they're going through a cycle of dryer, they've gone through a cycle of wash. Always, they still work. Do you think it's better to have them, the AirPods in the case or not in the case when, they're going, when it's going through a oh, wash cycle? I think it's awful either way. I think the the AirPods have a tag that recommends you leave them in the case if you're going to wash and dry them. I think it actually says to uh, to hand wash and uh, hand wash air only. dry. Yeah. yeah. Air, well, capital A I R, capital D R Y, all <laughs> smashed together as one word, right? <laughs> right. Uh, both the case and the AirPods survived. But this is my favorite. Years ago, when we had a landline, one of the phones, you know, the big bulky cordless landline phones, went through the wash. <laughs> Come on. How is that possible? I don't know. In a sweatshirt hoodie front pocket? Rebecca, we're talking about landlines. Oh. Cordless, but 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 a Oh, a, it's a cordless phone. Oh, so so I see. You're you're talking on the phone, you stick it in the pocket of your hoodie when you've hung up because you don't want to go back to the the uh Yeah, the, or the, you, the, or the, you the charging base. Or you set it down on like in on the hamper of dirty laundry or something maybe. Went through the wash. I'm not sure how it got in there. I think it might have stowed away in the laundry basket, hiding itself in the middle of the dirty clothes. That makes yeah. sense. You fold it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, needless to say, I was quite surprised when I went to switch the clothes to the dryer. That, that phone did or did not, Rebecca? I'm guessing did not. Did not survive, nor did our landline. Well, and ours landline recently, but the dust as well. Yeah. Thanks for the weekly laughs, Kristen. Thank you, Kristen. Um, that is impressive. I was thinking, you know, banana yellow rotary dial. Telephone that would have been hard. Still you'd have tethered to, to the cord. It, right? No, 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 no. It was just it was just going around and around with the cord Walls. sticking into the uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. All righty. Uh, our resident birder Denise in Glastonbury Hello, weighs Denise. in on on I think avian issues. Hello, Rebecca and Steve. It's hard to know what a single early bird chirp means. Remember, we asked the yes. question that first. Yes. Is, it, is it like a rooster crowing to to announce the day? Right. What does it mean? Right. And, and it hasn't returned, by the way, at least not in a, to a point where it's woken me up. Okay. Well, Denise, our resident birder, writes, it's hard to know what a single early bird chirp means. Maybe, listen to me, I am the first to greet the dawn, or this is my space, move on, or Rebecca, don't sleep through your alarm. Mostly, I think it's a ploy to see how long a birder will wait around for that second song that never comes. And in fact, ours has not returned, right? That would be a great song lyric. Waiting for the second song that never comes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it would be the uh, the hit follow-up for any one-hit wonder. Hmm? Exactly. A one-hit wonder. Exactly. Waiting for the second song that never comes. Sung right? by the band named... I don't know. Oh, um, Spousal... Slurpers? Slurping Spouses. Slurping yes. Spouses, yeah. I think of you often because there is a very loud Carolina Wren. Carolina Wren, Rebecca. Mm-hmm. A very loud Carolina Wren in my yard that sings your name over and over. Restiva, Restiva, <laughs> Restiva, all day long. I think he wants a product placement contract. Please have your peeps call his peeps. Best wishes to you and your family for a healthy and happy spring. Your resident birder, Denise in Glastonbury. Thank you, Denise. Uh, that's nice. A Carolina Wren. Yeah. That's also a great band name. It is. Right? Yes. The Carolina Wrens? Yes. Okay. Wren would be a good first name for a person, too. It is It is the first name of a person. It is? I think I've seen Wren? that name. Wren. Oh, Wren, Wren and Stimpy? Oh, sure. I no, suppose. but this is W-R-E-N. Yeah. I think that'd be a nice name. It would be. It is. It, it is. would also be good call letters for a radio station, W-R-E-N, mm-hmm. in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. The Carolina Wren. Mm-hmm. Also, the Carolina Wrens, I saw the Carolina Wrens play the Rocket City Trash Pandas in a double-A baseball game in the Southern League, and it was dynamite, Rebecca. You just want me to move on. Mm-hmm. Maritally. <laughs> no. Thank you, Denise in Glastonbury. Our next email comes from Denise in Maine. Hello, Denise in Maine. Do you think it's the same person who's just traveling from state to state, crossing birding? state lines? Birding. While birding? Maybe. Which I think is illegal in in New England. I don't know. It's it's completely legal in the southern states. Birding across state lines. Yes. Greetings, Rebecca and Steve. Now that I am 
current, having listened to all episodes to date, I feel obliged to provide comments on a few of the 200 plus episodes. Okay. Let's hope, let's hopefully there's some deep cuts in here, Rebecca, from, mm-hmm. you know, episode seven or whatever. Enumerated in no particular order. One, measuring cups with a flat top are for dry ingredients. Spouted cups are for wet ingredients, period. Amen. Amen, Sister Denise. With a f- uh, Even spouted cups have a flat top. I mean, wh- who are we kidding here? But they also have the spout. Yes. Short and stout. If you have a flat top and a spout, both, you are a teapot in the army. <laughs> okay, keep going. Okay. Two, egg carton organization. Absolutely. Weight balanced equally to the center of the carton, favoring the hinge side when there is an odd number of eggs. I mean, that is... Precise. That's a detail that we never really articulated on the podcast. Right. Favoring the hinge side when there is an odd number of eggs. Now that is some uh, that's professional. The, that was the, that's the egg carton. The biggest impact you've had on on my life in terms of changing the way I do things is how Reor- I reorganized. I, re- I reorganized your egg carton. You did. <laughs> yes, you did. And thank you for the privilege. Three. To tickle your palindrome fancy, Steve, I once saw a story about a scientist named Leon Noel. Mm. That that tickles my palindrome fancy. Oh, yes, of course it would. It also tickles my palindrome fancily. <laughs> Yesterday, you t- you were uh, not in the car with me, and you, you texted me something, and our youngest was with me. And I whenever, if I'm driving, I have our kids respond to texts. Um, and do you remember what our daughter's response was? I don't. I don't even remember yesterday. It was go hang a salami. I'm a I'm lasagna. lasagna hog. That's it. Sort of fit whatever we were talking about. But she looked at me like, "Huh?" And then she said, "Oh, yeah, I've heard that before." Four. Rebecca, around sixty years of age, is when pedicures require tin snips or a small chainsaw. Tin snips. <laughs> Also uh, uh, nearly palindromic, or a small chainsaw. Lots of things happen after 60. The silver lining, senior discounts. Reminds me of a story. I was shopping with a friend that decided to get a coffee at Wendy's. I'm guessing this is the chain restaurant and not her friend. Mm -hmm. I went in, gave my order to the young man, and he handed me the coffee. I reached out with my money, and he said, oh, no, enjoy your coffee. (laughs) Oh, no, enjoy your coffee. I was so touched by his kindness, I got a little weepy, profusely thanking the nice young man. I get back to the car and tell my friend what happened, dabbing my eyes. She smiled and said, Wendy's has been giving seniors free coffee for years. What? The nerve of that kid, assuming I was a senior. Well, you know what? How about this? Last night, I was driving our son home from a basketball practice, and uh, we stopped at the Cumberland Farms in town, and he stayed in the car, and I went in just to get him a what are they called there? Icy's or Slurpees? Whatever Where, they, yeah. at Cumbie. Yeah, the Icy and Slurpee, I think, are both registered trademarks yeah, of so, like the uh, Phillips Petroleum Company yeah, or something. And they're normally like 99 cents or whatever. And, and we had stopped the previous week, same thing, coming home from a workout. And I'd gone in and um, gotten a couple of them for our kids. So anyway, when I first walk into Cumbie, the woman looks up, you're alone today? And I said, well, he's in the car. So I went over and I got to Slurpee and I went up to pay for it. And she said... I'm not charging you for that. And I said, huh? She said, you can have that. Look, it's on the company or something like that. I was like, thank you. It was it was very, because very you were, nice. Because you were you or because she thought you were a senior? <laughs> I don't know. Either she, she thought I was a senior or those things cost nothing. And, um, and it was only half frozen. But still, our son very much enjoyed it. I, I may have mentioned this on the podcast a few weeks ago. Somebody said to me, I was filling out some form somewhere some shop or whatever it was and the guy said no offense but are you over 65 and I said I'm not offended I'm not over 65 but I hope to be over 65 someday Mm -hmm. five during the final four every time the camera panned to Rebecca and Ryan I could not help but visualize Ryan in a white terry cloth robe having his vocal cords massaged thanks for that visual Steve (laughs) I I also even when I'm not watching Ryan, and we saw him last night on the Nets-Celtics game mm-hmm. on, yes, I, I sometimes just in an idle moment at a, at a, at a red light, uh, I visualize Ryan in a terry cloth robe having his vocal cords massaged. Oh, good. You keep, you keep enjoying that visual. Uh, I, 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 it's, uh, it's oddly soothing. Six, speaking of the NCAA, and he's, well, 
Never mind. Six, speaking of the NCAA tournament, I found watching UConn basketball to be a cardio workout activity. Thanks to my fancy new watch, I could see my pulse reaching my target zone while watching the double overtime game. Sure, I raised my paws for foul shots and three-pointers, but seriously, I was sitting on the couch. Pulse reaching my target zone, Rebecca. That would be an interesting uh, study to have fans like where they're watches or heart rate monitors or their o-rings or whatever and uh and while they're you know watching a big sporting event and see what impact it does have on heart rates be interesting no uh my my, my when my pulse reaches its target zone rebecca mm-hmm. it will be just a it'll be flat lining yeah seven lastly my stats five two five foot two eyes of blue Wingspan, Rebecca, do you care to, to speculate? Can you project 5'2", blue eyes, wingspan? From Maine? From Maine. Does that, that make a difference? Yeah. Is there a, is there a, a, a larger or a smaller wingspan for I'm gonna think like I'm going to think her arms are a little bit smaller than her height. I'm going to go with a 5'1", wingspan, and this is why. I think she's, her arms were built up and strong working on the potato fields, and that that has shortened her tendons. <laughs> so that's, and, and, that's my theory. And, and if this, and if she had been from say St. Louis, she would have said her arms were lengthened by building the arch. Or I mean, is this is this, is it everything reduced tell me, to? Tell me, is her wingspan smaller than her? Let's height? see. Lastly, my stats: five two eyes of blue wingspan, four eleven. Yeah, softball was my game pre Title Nine. See. <laughs> She was, you know, she played softball. This was pre-Title IX, so so they didn't have a ball. They they just flung a potato around the horn. But I only say this because one of my very and if somebody if somebody uh, hit it sharply, they'd have to get another potato. One of my very very good friends grew up in Maine, and she and she's younger than me, and she worked in the in the potato fields. She never told me that it shortened her wingspan, but I like the story that I came up with. Your friend from Maine worked in the potato fields. You worked in the tobacco fields here in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Did you guys grow up in the in the seventeen hundreds? <laughs> no, we grew up uh, we grew up in Hardy, New England, my friend. Thank you so much for your podcast, says Denise. Stay well uh, from Maine, Denise. Denise, thank you. You stay well. Thanks for listening. And uh, we have another laundry report. This one from well, Myra. Can I can I interject? No, you you can't. We're on a tight time schedule. No, really? please interject. Interject yes. just because I was talking about you know working on the farm and building up strong arms. I was talking to a, a a refreshing conversation yesterday with a high school basketball coach um, who was talking about you know the high school players and they get in the weight room and you have to get big and strong and stuff. And we were talking about y- younger kids and. And I mentioned, I'm like, oh, that, that kid's 13. And he said, oh, he's only 13. Well, he shouldn't be in the weight room yet. He should be doing push-ups and sit-ups and riding his bike outside. Because riding up and down hills, that's a great way for your legs to get strong. And I was just thinking, imagine that. Uh, a 13-year-old boy, instead of like in a weight room doing his workout, should be, you know, maybe a push-up or a sit-up here and there and riding his bike around his and, neighborhood. And, and, and doing evil Knievel-style jumps. Yeah. Of course, and a couple scrapes on his baseball legs. card flapping in the spokes. Yeah, I'm 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 living in 1995, so let's live in 1975. I'm all for it. Ready? Yes. This comes from Myra, our resident librarian slash completionist. Hello, Myra. You know how you sign HOF to your to 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 uh, when you sign when things, it's requested. You know, yes, on your taxes and everything else. Yeah, right. Uh, I think I think our our uh, completionist should sign. You know, put a little. Completionist in their well, I signatures. I say like resident li- librarian, so sign it, you know, and then RL, like like you would uh, if you were a dentist or a doctor. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, Myra writes on your last podcast, you invited viewers to report on items that were accidentally laundered. Great timing, as I've recently had a string of incidents. Here are just a couple. One, I thought I heard an odd noise in the washer, but didn't really pay much attention. It turns out I had washed a TV remote control. <laughs> To my surprise, after thoroughly drying out, it works fine. This is perhaps the ultimate uh, answer, Rebecca, to where is the remote? A question we ask 10 times a day. Right. Because because we have no uh, base for the remote. It's usually behind a couch cushion, sometimes under the couch, sometimes it's in a different room. Wrapped in a blanket. Wrapped in a blanket, wrapped in a a burrito. But this one was in in the laundry. Can we talk about this for a second? In the washing machine. The other day... This is within the last week. 
you were saying, where's my wallet? I can't find my wallet. And I said to you, didn't I give you those tile things and one of them is in your wallet? And you said, oh, yes, that's right. So you got your phone and you went to the tiles app. And, and we couldn't locate my couldn't wallet. Couldn't locate your but, wallet. But, but for five years, I've been carrying around this heavy uh, electronic card in my wallet in case I ever lost it. I finally had use for it and it, I couldn't it, find it. Has it ever worked or is that the first time you've tried? It was the first time I've tried. I mean, five years later, we realized the tile thing didn't doesn't work. Well, it, it, maybe it did at some point. I then remember that I had left the wallet in the basement and I went down and got it. So yeah, maybe it just maybe, doesn't. Maybe you put your wallet through the wash at some point and it deactivated the. Are you suggesting tile? I. Was money laundering? Yeah. Yes. You, you just, it, uh, part of you died when I said that. No. Yeah. No, you, jokes like that not only fall flat, they- They, they, they just lower my temperature. The reason they degree. fall flat is because once they're launched, you, you skeet shoot them with, with a look of, of pure disdain. It's saying skeet shooting makes me think of Boston Legal and those two guys out skeet shooting. All right. Yeah. Denny and- uh, Alan Shore. Denny Crane and Alan. Yes. Two. This is a two-part- Email. So this is the second of, of two. Okay. Two, though a sock isn't something that accidentally goes in the washer, I'm sharing this incident because this particular sock went through every wash cycle for two years. Mm, tell us more. A couple of years ago when a little footy sock went missing, I figured it had been eaten by the washer or dryer. Then a few weeks ago when I was transferring towels from the washer to the dryer, the missing sock appeared. I'm positive it hadn't been stuck to anything in that particular load, and I always check the washer and dryer drums when transferring or removing items to make sure nothing gets left behind. I do that. Yeah. I check the drums. Do you like spin it? Yeah, I spin it yeah. like like I, like I'm trying to get in the showcase showdown exactly. on, on um, it's kind of fun. Price is right. Yeah. And I, and when I'm doing that, I'm saying, "Come on, 100." Okay. And then and, and oddly, when I did that the other day, Drew Carey asked me if there's anybody <laughs> he wanted to say hi to. Finish the oh, story. Oh, let's finish. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, so check checks the drums. I'm positive it hadn't been stuck to anything in that particular load. And I always check the washer and dryer drums when transferring or removing items to make sure nothing gets left behind. I determined that little sock finally came out of hiding from being scrunched up and stuck behind one of the ridges that stick up out of the washer drum. We know it well. Mm-hmm. One of the ridges. Yeah. You got to check the ridges, though. If you're going to check the drums, check the ridges, mm-hmm. right? Because I really liked them and was hoping for a miracle, I had saved the mate. So now I am the proud owner of a complete pair of socks, though one foot is a lot cleaner than the other. Well, how many loads? How many years of washes Two years. has it been through? Incredible. I figure it makes a mundane household task entertaining when you never know what you're going to find. Uh, Myra, our B and C. Thank you, Myra. Okay. And speaking of that, Rebecca, yes. what, what did you find so in the dryer? Every time. So we have a front-loading dryer, and we've had it for over 10 years. And every single time I do a load of, you know, drying a load of clothes, I take out the lint trap and I clean it. I find the front-loading dryer, by the way, much more convenient than the back-loading dryer. I guess they've always been front-loading, haven't well, they? Well, they're top-loading. No, that's a washer has been top-loading. Dryers have always been front-loading, but this is just like... No, I think you can have a, a top-loading. I think we no, had a top-loading. No, 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 you're right, no. you're right. It's a front-loading dryer. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I took out the lint trap, and as I was taking it out, a bunch of lint like dropped into the lint trap. And so I got a flashlight because I was... Well, first I was going to go try to get that little bit of lint out, so there was a like a toothbrush that was in the laundry room that we used to scrub stain sometimes. And I put that in to try to get it out and it fell out of my hand and dropped down. So then I got the flashlight and I looked in there, never looked in there before. I couldn't believe my eyes, the amount of lint. So then I went and I was like, all right, I got to get this toothbrush out. And so trying to find an implement that would fit in there that would also help me get the lint out or the toothbrush out. What I found was a kebab skewer, a long kebab skewer, but that I could, with a hook at the end so I could put my finger through so it wouldn't fall in. Anyway, how much would you like, how would we describe the amount of lint you, you, that we got out of you there? You could have built in a- cubic uh, yards? Built a, a medium-sized cat. You could, oh, you could have easily stuffed a medium-sized pillow with the amount of lint that was in there. I couldn't believe it. More would come out and more and more and more. I was, and then I called you up to see to see this unbelievable amount, 10 years worth of lint that had fallen. That like, could, do, do people know to clean this part of their dryer? So Mike Golick has- uh, Air filter. Clean your air filters. Yes. That could be our public service thing is clean- We could go to people's houses and clean their dryer lint? Yeah, with a, with a special sort of salad tong device. Yeah, 
it was I, I could not believe the amount of stuff that came out of there. And I, I couldn't believe I was unaware that this little trough, it was like a moat. It was like a lint moat that was only on one part of the dryer. It was fascinating. Hashtag no? lint moat. Lint moat. Lint yes. moat. Anyway, people should uh, clean out their lint moat. Clean your lint moat. And this is this is the other uh, laundry related. Clean thing. your lint moat. Clean That's your lint if moat. you take nothing away from the five thousand episodes of this podcast. It's clean your lint moat. Yes, clean your lint moat. And this is another laundry related thing. Our daughter wore a dress on Easter, more of a casual dress, but um, one area where the hem was, where there was like this like frilly part. Um, it, it came apart a little bit at the at the seam. So that's an easy thing for me to fix with a little needle and thread. So I took the dress and I was sitting on our bed and I was um, <laughs> hand sewing this thing back. It was coming out nicely. And then all of a sudden I like tightened the stitch I had put through and I felt a tug on my leg. So then I look and on that particular stitch, it had also gone through the sweatpants I was wearing. You had sewn, so I had sewn her dress to your pants? Her, my pants to her dress while I was sitting there. So then I had to de, like engineer the reversal. So I had to get it backwards, back through the dress, backwards, back through my sweatpants, trying not to put a hole in the sweatpants as I reverse the needle. But who does that? Who sews their own clothes that, that they're wearing to the thing they're trying to fix. Most Me. of the women in most of the silent films yeah. of the Buster <laughs> Keaton era. Right. Uh, but that's how the Reese's peanut butter cup was invented. Similarly, mm. when, a, when a man carrying a tub of peanut butter ran into a person carrying a chocolate bar. So perhaps you could have you just invented some kind of next fashion trend and you should have left it. Maybe, yeah. It's exactly like that. I have a feeling the Reese's peanut butter cup was actually invented in a factory somewhere, but... But the commercials of my youth suggested right. that it was one a guy carrying peanut oh, butter ran into a. Speaking of commercials, mm-hmm. what what commercial did I play for our daughter the other day from 1984? 1984, and and they were delighted by it. Oh, hefty, I, I hefty, 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 wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. Yeah, she was right? doing something, and I said, "Are you going to be hefty, 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 or wimpy, wimpy, wimpy?" And then I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And so we look it up, and that's the beauty of now YouTube. And then she watched the hefty, 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 wimpy, wimpy, wimpy that's commercial. Right. It's wonderful, and, and sadly. Our viewers couldn't actually view you doing just your little, my, little my little dance leprechaun I mean, style. Why don't companies use some of those ads? Like, because it's it's people your and my age who are, who are purchasing their trash bags. But also right? the people our kids' age, it would be new to them. Well, yeah, they would like it. But but who's purchasing trash bags? It's like adults, including people our age. So like, if I saw that commercial again, it would make me think fondly of Hefty. I don't think fondly of any trash bags, but I don't remember Glad ever having a you know a catchy jingle. They should a bunch of companies should go back to the jingles of our youth, and I think that would trigger something like when you're at the grocery store that would make you want to purchase it again. Trash bags and trash pandas. This is a theme show. Trash bags and what? Trash pandas. Oh right. And lithmotes. Anything that is a, a waste product. Mm-hmm. You think of this podcast. Mm. Uh, Ted writes, hi, Restiva. Oh, this is Ted from the Lower East Side visiting Atlanta. Ah, oh, oh, Rebecca, this is uh, Missed Connections. Mm. You know, I saw you on the subway. You were wearing an orange hat. I was the guy smoking the pipe and uh, and knitting an afghan. You know what I'm talking about? No, I'm like sure the, it's a the lyric ad- to something. No, it's not. The ads like in the back of the Village Voice circa 1978. I wasn't reading the Village Voice. Then. Neither was I. I was eleven. But but I'm just talking. You know these these like personal ads where you were you were uh, walking right. down Third Street. You know I was the guy in the uh, in the uh, right the the, 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 the flip flop. What was the, that? There was a movie about that um, closing doors or something. Yeah, about? like you. Yes. Anyway, anyway, so we have a closing doors situation okay. here. Hi, Steve. I know it's last minute, but I'm actually going to be in Atlanta overnight. And if by some chance you get this email and can pass it on to DGS, I'd love to put a face to a name and meet him for coffee. Uh, that's from Ted, a semi-completionist. Not sure which ones I've missed. So a semi-completionist. When did he write this? He wrote this. Uh, what's the date today? Today is April 26th. Ah, he wrote it yesterday. Oh, so when's he going to be there? Well, Maybe they can still uh, make their connection. 
I'll pass it along to the okay. relevant authorities. But okay. um, will you? Yes, I will do it as soon as we're done recording this podcast. Okay. Which for for our semi completionists is not soon enough. How sweet would that be if if all of a sudden Ted and Doctor Siegel became fast friends after having coffee, a date. A coffee date brokered by the ball and chain. We, we, we could start it. We could start. We've already started a, a quasi ticket brokering agency where, mm-hmm. where we uh, pair people who we've, need tickets. We've, we've brokered a Swedish fish delivery system to me. There's farmers only. What would this be? Completionists only? Maybe. Viewers only. Ballers only? I'm not sure that. that... Chainers only? <laughs> I'm not sure either of those would be a, a search engine Friendly. optimal. Yeah, but anyway, I, I just love the phrase semi-completionist. Yeah, semi-completionist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish I could have used that when I was a kid. When when my mom asked me if I'd clean my room, I, I would say it's semi-complete. Yeah, my homework. It, it's semi-complete. Thank you, Ted. Uh, we'll pass this on, even if there's a last-minute chance of of that working out. Uh, dear Rebecca and Steve, uh, happy birthday! Uh, happy birthday to a completionist, dear Rebecca and Steve. My dad, Phil from Lincoln, California, is a completionist of your podcast and has written in several times, sharing his thoughts on top nonfiction books, UCLA basketball, Bill Walton, and coaching me, one of his daughters, in basketball throughout my childhood and adolescence. It was slash it is slash was his birthday on April twenty eighth. Is will be because this podcast comes out tomorrow. Happy birthday. Denny, the pressure is on to get this thing out in a timely manner. He is a difficult person to find a gift for because I know this podcast is one of his favorite listenings and something he looks forward to. I was hoping you could help me wish him happy birthday. He was a great basketball coach and is an even better dad and grandpa. Happy birthday, dad, Phil in Lincoln, California. Thanks so much. This comes from Kaylin in San Leandro, California. Uh, Rebecca, Phil, great dad, great, great grandpa. A great, great basketball coach. coach. Happy birthday, Phil. Phil, if happy I could, birthday. If I could sing, I would sing happy birthday to you, but I can't. Happy birthday, though. That's exciting. It's very exciting. So, uh, Kaylin, what a, what a great daughter. Mm-hmm. Incredible. She, she had to, just I, what I, to give him. I don't know the difference, the, the distance from Lincoln to San, San Leandro, but she had to get away from, she had to get some distance from Phil. Well, don't we all? From Phil or from your parents no, in general? Your, you have to get some distance yeah. from your parents. I mean, we've, we've gotten as much distance as you possibly could get from Phil. We're in New England. He's in California. Right, true. But that's not to take away from his greatness as a, as a coach and as an even better dad and grandpa. So happy birthday, Phil. Happy birthday, Phil. And uh, let's see. We have a couple more. Oh, this this is a this is a, an email header after my own heart, Rebecca. Okay, let's hear it. Special delivery for Hoops McCann. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is a reference to Steely Dan. Yes. And uh, we talked about them and the song "Glamour Profession" last week on the podcast because it name drops Mr. Chow's. That's right. Right. Dear Stephen and Rebecca, greetings from the Twin Cities, where, as at Camp Granada, they say we'll have some fun if it stops raining. Very very bad weather. There, I, I had a, a long conversation with a friend in uh, Minneapolis yesterday, and uh, he was not pleased with the uh, meteorological conditions there. We've had sunny days here, and it's supposed to rain today, and I'm kind of looking forward to the rain. And one of the reasons I'm looking forward to the rain tonight is so that all the kids' outdoor activities will get canceled and we can have a mellow night inside. Sometimes it's it's nice to have the rain out. We've had sunny day. days that we thought would never end. Mm-hmm. We've had lonely times when we could not find a friend. Right? Mm, always. What's the rest of it? But I always thought that I'd see you. I'd see you again. again. Right. Or in, 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 a, in a second uh, repetition of that, I always thought I'd see you one more time again. All right. Somewhat, somewhat redundant. Mm-hmm. But who am I to quibble with? Not really James redundant. Taylor. One more time versus multiple times. One more time again. Yeah, um, I see again. It's 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 uh, as I say too often. It's the second chance opportunities that you basketball announcers love to cite. Reminds me of the scene from um, Grant Hill said it last night, and it caught my ear as it always does. Go ahead. What second chance opportunities? It's a second chance, or it's a second opportunity. Uh, yeah, um, it reminds me of a scene from Moonlighting, 
when which was one of my favorite shows as a kid probably inappropriate but anyway when bruce willis is walking through the agency saying am i redundant am i redundant am i redundant as he's walking through and goes into his office you love moonlighting I did love Moonlighting. That would be a good binge watch. It would be a great it, binge watch. Yeah. I wonder if it's on one of the uh, Has to be. streaming. Well, speaking of deals. streaming, mm-hmm. um, I don't know why we're streaming. Raining, I guess. It's been a few weeks since my last report, writes Steve. But aside from the weather, all is relatively well here. I had hoped to try and say hello to Rebecca when she was in town for the NCAA Women's Final Four. But alas, my schedule had me out of town during that week. It was, however, fun to see our city embrace the event, and the games were terrific. I love, Rebecca, that... Uh, he wanted to say hello to you at the women's final but four. But instead left town. Not only left town, but but he was busy. Right. <laughs> Otherwise, you guys could have had like a four-hour dinner, right? That's right. Instead, you sat sat in your hotel. Eating. Gazing out the window. No, and eating, eating colorful gold. Chef Boyardee out of a can. No, eating my variety pack oh, of that's colorful right. Swedish, Swedish fish. fish. That's right. Last week's podcast had me... Uh, laughing to myself and provided a perfect example of why I delight in listening, writes Steve. As Rebecca was describing dinner at Mr. Chow's, I was trying hard to recall exactly which Steely Dan song had the lyric. And then, lo and behold, Steve mentioned it. To be sure, it is an obscure lyric from a song that didn't get a lot of airplay, and Steve was correct in noting that a very low percentage of the population would get the reference. But for those of us who enjoy Steely Dan and spent time reading their liner notes and lyrics, it was vindication. I have to say, Steve, it got plenty of airplay in my own uh, bedroom, in my own cd player and and takes up uh in a, a disproportionately large amount of real estate in my in my brain that makes me think i'm um, just talking about song lyrics yesterday i'm driving uh our youngest and hungry heart by bruce springsteen's on the radio and i start singing it and then at one part our daughter said um like i know it's part of a like a card game what but what's a player part and uh i said no, I said, it's lay down your money and you play your part. But she heard it as lay down your money and your player part. And, uh, sh- and But she didn't want to ask what would be a stupid question. So you know, I know it's part of a game, card game, but what's a player part? And I had to clarify for her. Well, at this, by the same time, we saw a car magnet that said, well, I saw a car magnet. And I said, NWC Lions, mm-hmm. NWC Lions. And she said to me, why did you say, why did you say that? And I said, because I'm looking at the magnet, NWC Lions. She said, oh, I thought you said end of the sea lions. That would be sad. So so when we saw the magnet again, NWC Lions, she, <laughs> this was yesterday, a week after we saw it the first time, she said, oh, dad, look, save the sea lions. And I said, no, <laughs> no. End of the sea lions because it sounds like NWC lions. Right. So now we have now when we see that magnet, we just say, "Save the sea lions." Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that means nothing to anybody. But anyway, let, let me let me get back to Steve's uh, Steely Dan email because this is the main thing that I care about in life is uh, Steely Dan lyrics, and I'm I'm not I'm not kidding. Steve, I know you're a Steely Dan fan, as am I. It's hard to argue with the quality of their music and their quirky but incisive lyrics, beginning with their very first album. And I think that the Royal Scam, Asia, and Gaucho might be my favorite three album series of any artist. Steve, absolutely. I think I think they're mine as well. Uh, I still maintain, as I think I wrote in my first letter to you, that the song Asia might just be eight minutes of musical perfection. Anyway, it's nice to know that someone else's brain besides mine is filled with odd facts, phrases, and memories, and most of all, song lyrics. Keep up the good work and best of luck to your daughter as she makes her college decision. She has decided, and she moves in at the end of August. Uh, kind regards, as always, I remain your intrepid correspondent from the northern suburbs, Steve. Steve, thank you very much. And, and I would add that um, the entire album, Asia, is, as is Gaucho, is musical perfection. Um, the song on Asia that I have to single out, though, is Black Cow. And this, particularly the lyrics, Rebecca, just listen to the lyrics. Can I just read you, to recite to you? Uh, Go for it. Two couplets here. Mm. On the counter, by your keys was a book of number and your remedies. One of these surely will screen out the sorrow, but where are you tomorrow? Mm. One of these will screen out the sorrow. It's good lyric. I mean, that's, that's, that's all we're trying to do. When you have, a, uh, you have a light beer, you're just trying to screen out the sorrow, right? Sure. I mean, it, I it don't is, have it, light beers, but 
No, sure. but it, it is it is it's 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 the lint trap of our of our, our lives of, of the human condition. Yeah. Mm. Uh, what is it? The lint moat. Forgive me. Anyway, that 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 song, by the way, begins with a with a bar in Times Square. That's still there. In the corner of my eye, I saw you in Rudy's. You were very high. You were high. Rudy's is still Rudy's there. Is still there. It's yeah. in Times Square. You said. It is indeed. So, um, do you think that somebody has compiled somewhere on the internet a list yes. of bars and restaurants that have been n- name dropped, name dropped and, or just in a lot, you know, uh, popular songs? I, I'm sure they've. I, I could, I could give you, I could right now, I could sketch out a map of Manhattan just through Steely Dan lyrics. Could you? Stomping on the Avenue by Radio City, Sixth Avenue. Uh, that piece you stole out on Avenue D. Yeah, I mean. Uh, Yes, I could. That's there's three locations right now. Um, you are so proud of yourself right now, and I'm proud of you. And, and, and people are are, are are begging us to move begging on. us to move on. So we shall move. Steve, thank you for the for your email, and we shall move on finally to Dr. Gary Siegel. Well, before before we get to Dr. Gary mm. Siegel, I have a recovered memory from this past weekend. Please. I would like to share. Go ahead. Our son was basketball team, eighth grade boys, playing in an AAU tournament. And um, the best moments of AAU tournaments are the time between the games, um, especially if it's a decent spring day. So we had like an hour and a half and or in a parking lot. And, and our son took a golf umbrella out of the back of our car, and he also found a wiffle ball. And what ensued was a wiffle ball parking lot game where flip-flops were bases and i mean the field was very very small and you had a bat that was a umbrella and an actual ball um but because the bases were flip-flops most of the kids who got up to hit were wearing one flip flop um and last year we had a. hesitated to say flip or flop because it's the name of an hgtv show exactly i don't want us to get sued Last year, a similar thing happened, but we had no umbrella and we had no ball. So last year, they used the the big guy, our our center's flip-flop as the bat and a portion of a bagel as the ball. And and that bagel got hit by the flip-flop over and over, and it survived. And the kids had this 30 to 45-minute impromptu... um, baseball game did you have a did you have a 1940s announcer radio announcer there saying he's really bashing the old bagel (laughs) and it was great because well it was the boys had already played um two games that morning was we're about to play their third they'd played two games the day before and so what we really wanted them to do was rest their legs but we weren't going to stop this this just bastion of boyhood as they were having this game in a parking lot and um and just having a blast and then you know wait well let's let's pause at bastion of boyhood i mean it's it's beautiful Go uh, ahead. well and and like just waiting for one of them to to twist their ankle as they're running as fast as they could around like this tight baseball diamond with one flip-flop on and one flip-flop off it was just it was delightful that is delightful, and you sent me a video of that, and I was delighted. It was sweet. It screened out the sorrow. Dr. Gary Siegel writes, uh, Dear Rebecca and Steve, I hope that this note finds you well, and due to my misnumbering of items in my last note, I've decided to let technology help me by typing this message in Microsoft Word, which will automatically keep the numbers sequential. See, that's another thing that technology has ruined. I enjoy it when Dr. Siegel misnumbers his items in his in his list. Yeah. He's he's got bigger things on his mind. He's delivering, he's delivering new life into the world. Exactly. Although if he's misnumbering his emails, I mean, uh, well, who knows what he's yeah. doing? Yeah. It's been a slow week, but there are a few items that merit discussion listed below. I mean, do you think that it's been a slow week means there's not it was it, it was a lame podcast? I don't know if he's saying that or if he's saying it was a slow week in uh, suburban Atlanta. Perhaps. And, but One. if it, hopefully this is a slow week and he'll be able to. Meet up with our guy from New York. Who was there yesterday. Let's no, find out. not yesterday, in two days. Right. 
Steve from our northern suburbs correspondent in Minneapolis would have met up with, with both of them in Atlanta. <laughs> right, if he wasn't too he just busy didn't have somewhere time. else. Yeah. One, I'm thrilled and honored that my granddaughter's picture has made it to your refrigerator since you, not only your granddaughter's picture, Dr. Siegel, but Dr. Siegel, the whole family in his Braves cap. Since you have a house full of teens, have they asked anything insightful such as who are those little girls pictured on the refrigerator? If they so asked and you replied, what range of reactions did you get? Rolled eyes, shrugs, curiosity as to why their pictures weren't there? Other, well, it is interesting because there are as many pictures of Dr. S- Dr. Gary Siegel on our fridge as there are of our children. That's true. We have uh, aging fridge magnets with their softball pictures on. When they were little and And our scrawny. son's Little League yeah. Baseball picture. Um, and so, so Dr. Siegel is one more person in, in a baseball cap on our refrigerator. Yes. But no, they, they, they are curiously incurious about uh, who the people on our fridge are. They just see the fridge as the barrier between them and food. I mean, you, you they were looking through your mail recently, looking if they got any goodies, and there was a, a, a lovely graduation party invitation to you from a girl in South Dakota. Mm-hmm. They expressed no curiosity as to who that was or if you were going. Right. I don't know the girl, but I appreciated her invitation. Two, Rebecca, I sincerely appreciate your sage wisdom and permission to replace my gym shoes every couple of years. I've updated my reminder, and hopefully I won't go nine years before buying new ones. Do you suppose he has set himself some kind of an alert that in in three years he should buy new sneakers? Yeah, you can do that, you know. Uh, I can't. Three, like... would he like me to to mail him something in three years as a reminder? Send him a printed Printed, shoe schedule that he can put on his fridge. Three, like other viewers, I'm enjoying Quartal... The Q and the New York Times spelling bee, where I usually get a panogram most days, although I had a dry spell this past weekend. Dr. Siegel, I hope you get the panogram. The, the key is to get Queen Bee, where you get every word. If you, if you need to know how many words there are total, go to at Solved on Twitter. Okay? My son and I like to, uh, and our 11 year old, we like to combine to try to get Queen Bee, get every word in the, uh, in the spelling bee. I'm going to interject here. Um, since our daughter now drives, the I should has, I should say I'm not delivering babies, so I have more time to do that. Right. Go ahead. Our our oldest daughter is now driving herself and her her our second oldest to high school every morning. You used to drive them every day to school, and so you're now here when the younger kids are getting ready. And when you used to drive the older ones. The younger ones, we kind of had this routine of they'd come downstairs, they'd have breakfast, I'd do the youngest one's hair. We like had this whole regimen. And now, it included no devices, it included no television. Now, the whole routine is slightly off because when they come down, you hand them a device so they can do, which which are they doing? They're doing the spelling bee. Spelling bee. They're doing the wordle. They're on, on They're devices. They're doing the vertex on the New York Times yes. Games app. These and are, these are, and these. sometimes you're showing like our son highlights from from whatever, the baseball game the night before, the basketball game the night before. I really did prefer when we had a no screen morning. You've thrown you've thrown things into a bit of disarray. The only thing that they're getting from the screen is is word games I that know, are going to sharpen then, their then brain and a, their senses. Put a, a word game you know, in a puzzle book in front okay. of them. Well, with a there's also there are also analog word games I just in the, don't in like the Hartford them starting current. the morning with, by with sharpening a their brains, no, like like they're a, sharpening a pencil. No, it's the screen aspect of okay. it. All right. Well, and every, everything, and it's just slightly, slightly disarray. If there were just better games, disarray. if there were better games in the back of the cereal boxes, uh, Captain Crunch still has some pretty good, uh, yeah, things. But the highlights magazine still comes. I, it has some decent stuff for it the. It came yesterday. One. She brought, had it in the car. Four. Welcome to Victoria, from Canton, Georgia, a mere thirty minutes northwest of Roswell, the suburb of Atlanta in which we live. That's right. We had a, we had a viewer from. Uh, from suburban Atlanta. Five, picture below is a pocket, he has a photo attached, is a pocket business card holder that I've had for decades as I still find having business cards useful. It has been the most unusual item that I can think of that has gone into the hospital laundry and survived. The hospital laundry. Now that is an industrial strength. Yes. A laundering machine. In fact, it was returned to me from the hospital laundry room via the women's health staff as the laundry staff must have read one of the semi-faded business cards and made the connection. Now, Rebecca, the, the utility of a business card for an OBGYN. You're on an airplane, Delta or Southwest, depending on who made the reservation. Right. You see a woman who's eight and a half months pregnant. Do you produce a business card and say, <laughs> if you're looking? If you're ever in the Atlanta area, yeah, and need And need a baby delivered, or perhaps on this very airplane, think of, uh, think of me. That reminds me when... Uh, 
when Kim Mulkey was getting inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame two years ago, I think it was, and her daughter Mackenzie uh, was pregnant and very pregnant. I told her, I texted her and said, if uh, Mackenzie goes into labor, I've got a good OB I can recommend in the area. <laughs> she said something like, "I wouldn't, we wouldn't let the baby yeah. be born in Connecticut. <laughs> Six in Formula One news, Red Bull Racing and defending world champion Max Verstappen defeated the championship-leading Ferrari team at the Emilia-Romagna Grand Prix in Italy last weekend. It has been quite some time since Ferrari, with their legion of tifosi, fans in Italian, have won a race in Italy. Lest you or the viewers forget, the last world championship by Ferrari was won by the now-retired Iceman, Kimi Raikkonen, in 2007. The leadership of that team was the same that won five championships in a row from 2000 to 2004, with seven-time champion Michael Schumacher, who sadly suffers from a serious head injury received when skiing off Piste in 2013. Lastly, the team principal at Ferrari during all of those years was the former FIA head and Frenchman Jean Tote. Boldface, so I can lend my French pronunciation. Two more items, Rebecca. You're looking at your watch. Seven, it was a quiet no, last few days. I just got my, my alert that it's time to stand. Yes, it was a lot quiet last few days. No new babies to report. And eight, with Mother's Day approaching, Steve, I hope that I will not hurt your feelings with a simple suggestion. Don't get truffles for Rebecca. I'm getting chocolate-covered strawberries for Mrs. DGS. Ooh, those we, are the best. I, I can say that, knowing that Mrs. DGS will never hear this, she's not a fan of the podcast. Um, from a place fancier than Costco, as last year's strawberries from Costco were welcomed, but perhaps not as delicious as one might Costco's have thought. Costco's fruit is really good, so maybe their chocolate-covered strawberries, maybe that is the place to go. Well, he just says, last year's strawberries from Costco were welcomed, but not as delicious as one might have thought. Oh, okay. And he uses, I know he has a British uh, son-in-law, I think, Dr. Siegel. So he, he used a very British uh, uh, diss here, saying gently saying, last year's strawberries from Costco were welcomed, but perhaps not as delicious as one might have thought. Mm. Okay? Yeah. What, the one who would think that was me. The one eating them. All the best, Gary. Gary, thank you as always. Um, Rebecca, anything else? I think I've said enough. I think you've said too much because we're at an hour and six minutes. Hopefully, Ooh. Denny can cut this down to a, uh, a reasonable size. and uh, Shape. And let's thank producer Denny Gallagher. Thank Tom you, Dick Denny Gallagher. Thank you, Tom Dick Harry. Play us out. Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in the cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts your sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous, what we give for a little rest. Stay by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.